I'm open about this. I hate McLaren's current paint scheme. I hate the light blue and every. I don't like it. I love this so much more. This is the second one-off livery McLaren has come with this year, and it's still better than their, you know, normal day-to-day paint job. Uh, I say keep this. This is mm-hmm. clean, man. I this do is too. Good. You know, I'm. I'm. Yeah, let's ditch the blue. The golf thing was cool, but this is better. This is better. This blends the past and the present. It it gives you a, an air of when they were good, like you said. I'm a big fan. Big fan. In the words of the wise prophet Paris Hilton, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, do you it never know voice? what Katie's going to bring to the podcast, folks. <laughs> do it in her voice. That's hot. Speaking of being the morning started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for another episode of the Gridiron Podcast. It is episode eight. I'm Nick Shook. That's Sean Barry. And that is Katie Caldwell. Thank you for hopping in as always. You can find us live on YouTube and on Twitch. Join the conversation there. Be a part of the show. And if you don't show up for the live edition, you can always catch us on YouTube. You can replay it on Twitch. You can watch or listen to it on Spotify, on um, Apple Podcasts, on Amazon's platform. We're everywhere. Just come hang out here on the Gridiron Podcast where we talk about football. That's the grid. Actually, that's not the grid. That's the iron. Well, that's the gridiron and Formula One. Formula One's the grid. All right. I, I may have We're, we're going to take but... the hosting duties away from you for like a week, Nick. Yeah, we're that's gonna, the we're only gonna... part I blew. Okay. Everything else I, I thought I did a decent job at. You know, if we can want to, you know, toss over the explainer to, to one of you two, by all means, we can do that. But this is episode eight of the Gridiron Podcast. And we have a fresh race to discuss, guys. Uh, Austria, the Red Bull Ring, uh, a, a wet qualifying, a wet sprint shootout, a kind of wet sprint and a dry race with everybody committing a penalty. Every rule in the book was broken when it came to track limits, so much that they had to assign penalties after the race. And the only time I've really seen that in in such a large portion is when you're playing the video game. So this time around, a lot of excitement, a lot to recap. Folks, I'm excited to be here. How about you? Very excited. Happy track limit season, everyone. We've got Oprah out here handing out five-second penalties. You get a five-second penalty. You get a five-second penalty. Everybody gets a five-second penalty. Esteban Ocon, really you get 30 seconds in time. <laughs> oh, I know. I, it was like 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, five seconds. Esteban Ocon, 30 seconds. Like, ooh. I loved all the content and memes and gifts of vehicles just like way off the road and just saying like, this was Esteban's Grand Prix. The content has been hilarious. Somebody drew like a line around the track and they were like, this is how Ocon saw the track. And it was just like (laughs) wide left, wide right, cutting corners, going outside. Here's the thing, though, guys, and I want to bring this up to you right off the top because it was such a hot topic in Austria. This is a track that's fast. It's shorter. You're getting lap times near a minute. It's high speed. But it's also not forgiving. I mean, we saw that with all the penalties obviously more this year than a typical year, Um, but especially that sector three just going off. I mean, because guys are going flat through, you know, you hit the inside apex, you get outside. It's very easy to end up on the curb there. 
you go on, uh, you can be going flat down the hill again. You try to hit the apex on the inside. And then as you kind of slide out, you're going to end up being really close and flirting with it every single time around the track. If you want to be fast, the only person that we saw that didn't really have much of an issue with that was of course our race winner to the point where when he's going for the fastest lap on the final lap of the race, I'm watching him closely on fresh softs that are probably just barely up to temperature. And I'm thinking he's got to go off at some point. He's got to go off. Like he's got to flirt with it. He comes through the final turn in sector three hits it perfectly. I mean, absolutely perfectly didn't even flirt with track limits sets the fastest lap takes one more point away from his teammate just to add a little icing on the cake so i think i mean what do you do what do you change with this track we might as well just get right into the hot topic from the entire race how do you you know prevent more track limits violations it used to be bahrain and they they were like all right you can't go wide on this corner i think it was like turn six or seven in sector one this is different this is a huge issue I'm fine with the way like what do you mean what do you what do you change about the track the, the track is fine the way it is this is the first time we're really getting to see these cars necessarily on this track yeah we raced there last year but when you think about it everything was new last year everything was still in its feeling out phase now these cars have been been developed more the tracks aren't specifically made for these types of formula one cars I, I'm fine with it. It added extra intrigue. It added extra drama. How else are we going to get our kicks this season when Max is winning every race by 20 seconds and going for fastest lap even when his team's like, no, nah, let's not do that. He's like, nope, damn it, we're going to do it. I'm fine with this. It, it added just a little bit of extra spice on top, just a little bit of bam, Emerald Lagasse at the end of the race. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, okay, so the, <laughs> Emerald Lagasse. <laughs> That's great, Sean. Thank you. Next cool. you're going to do Guy Fieri. You know, he's going to show up with spiked blonde hair. He's really going to be living up to what, if you're watching on YouTube or Twitch right now, you'll see is Sean Barry, Florida man. Because that is exactly who Sean is. I am Florida man. I am Florida man. I am Florida man. Yep, that's right. That's you, Sean. <laughs> My new favorite drop. <laughs> I'm just glad we can use drops. But thank uh, you for that, Sean. Before we came on the pod, I didn't realize that that was a drop. And I just get kept repeating, kept repeating, kept repeating. And I'm looking at Sean like, obviously his screen is frozen. But like, also, Sean, I get it. You're a Florida man. <laughs> it's magnificent. I'm not that proud about yeah. the state I live in. Relax. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't, I don't even wrangle gators much. Not yet. Much. Not yet. I've been not here five yet. years and I've seen many a gators. Not one crocodile. I haven't seen a crocodile yet. Uh, but I've seen all the wildlife there is too in Florida. Plenty of time, I, I, I am. I, yes, yes. <laughs> we got plenty of time. There's a lot of opportunities there. The reason I brought that up, though, guys, is because I saw it floated out there. I think it might have been Toto who even talked about it. Um, he was basically saying, what do we do? Put sausage curbs up there that actually are going to affect you and make you go off the track harder and damage the car on the floor potentially to prevent them from doing that? Because like at that point, you have to consider lifting off the, the throttle you know, off the accelerator mm -hmm. to get through there without hitting those curbs. But that seems a bit excessive because that track, a lot of why it's fun is because they're flying around it. So I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, hoping, I'm hoping for the rule. NFL overtime is not fair. We need to change I mean, the rules. You just said like, you know, these, the, the track is so fast, it's shorter, lap times are quick, and you also have lap times that are really close to one another. You know, one through 20, you don't have these giant gaps like you have on other tracks. That's what makes Austria so fun. It's one of my favorite tracks on the calendar every year. Something crazy happens there. We had two wet days. We have a dry day, but then we have track limits. I just, I like Austria and I like the kind of craziness that it provides. I, I love I, the track. I heard a bad word about Austria. Yeah. I love the track, but the track limits were just so 
chaotic. And you're right, Sean, it does add a little bit of spice to it. But I feel like, I don't know, may- maybe up it so you get like 15 before you're shown the play. <laughs> because there were just so, I think on average, it was like 16 times per lap or something I was reading. Like, it's so stupid how much it was happening. But it makes sense why it is. Like, I don't know if there's necessarily a perfect answer. I love that track. But especially the race ends and then the podium celebrations happen. And then all of a sudden you check Twitter and it's like, this is where people actually finished. And it was wild seeing the differences in it. Like, it feels like it's something that they're going to have to change. Like, they didn't even have, um, what is it, the driver's meeting after... (laughs) They didn't even hold it because they're like, <laughs> we just don't want to deal with them bitching about this. Yeah, we have we we need the time to figure it out. We have to go watch the tape, guys. Sorry, yeah. get on the trailers, get out of here. They're straight up just My- like, nope, doors closed. Or just everybody go home, press on. Like they didn't even want to address it because they knew exactly what that meeting was all going to be about. So I think there's something they're going to have to do. But like you're right, it does keep it pretty interesting. It's it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> I, my favorite part of it all was afterwards you had Lando Norris going on Sky Sports and they were saying, Lando, you know, you, you were kind of providing commentary uh, on basically everyone that went off in front of you because he did the entire race. He would just call on his radio. Hey, this person went off and mostly it was Lewis Hamilton. Lewis went off again, went off turn five, went off. Turn, he over and over again was basically snitching on the entire field, which I mean, hey, snitches do get stitches, but at the end of the day, these drivers want to do anything they can to get a leg up on someone. So I don't necessarily um, blame him for that because everyone was doing it. Lewis was doing it. He was doing it so much that Total Wolf got on the radio and said, Lewis, we know the car is bad. Just drive it. We've never seen that kind of tension between Toto and Lewis. It's always this kumbaya, we love each other thing. You know, where Lewis goes, Toto goes, Mercedes follows. But clearly, you know, I'm not going to say there's cracks in the armor, but it is it is interesting just to see Toto get fed up and be like, dude, just drive the effing car. Well, that's the thing, too, is it wasn't just the track limits that he was like, he's like, has anybody else gotten their penalty yet? Why is it just me? It, he's also complaining about the car itself i can't drive understeer can't break they're all faster out of the corners he's like yeah we get it just finish the yeah. race i'm tired of hearing you and somewhere all the mechanics and everybody in the factory are just crying because he's like i know the car is bad <laughs> like he was just so blunt about it lando was so funny though because um they were like hey just report whenever you see it and he's like he's going off the track everywhere all the time i'm not just gonna keep talking <laughs> he goes like turn four Turn six, turn seven, and turn eight. (laughs) And the funny thing was, after all that post-race drama, neither him nor Oscar Piastri had any extra added penalty seconds. So, I mean, they saw it, and I guess they were doing a good job staying between the lines. Um, But, yeah, it was was a weird race, and it's going to be one that we kind of remember, especially as we head to Austria next year. Um, But, yeah. That was uh, Spielberg. Home of the snitches. Everybody <laughs> snitching on each other in that race. <laughs> Maybe except for Max, because he didn't have anybody in front of him for most of the race. Uh, Sean, I, you got to feel good as a McLaren fan. Those improvements, those upgrades, man. That car mm. looking... I mean, obviously, Lando drove his tail off, but that car is looking good, man. He has Nothing? no words. He's, 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 he's not going to jinx it? Sorry. No, my, uh, my AirPods cut out there for a second. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> Oh, you're technical difficulties, your, guys. I was giving your team some love. I was he's looking around like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's just I was, I was at just like hitting like, oh, what, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? That's Please don't, 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 don't toss to me. Post. Don't toss to me. 
it, it, this might happen a couple of times tonight. I, I want was, to the yeah. equipment. Okay. Well, I was talking about McLaren's car, the upgrades. They look good. Lando drove really well, but the car looks much better. The car does look a lot better. This was, they said, their first real big upgrade package. They're bringing another one to Silverstone, so watch out. Um, uh oh. Can, can I? I know. Uh oh. Can I, can, can I get into my predictions? Because, like, yes. they weren't the best, but I did put Lando on the podium, and he wasn't far off, finishing fourth. So, I mean, while yes, two of my three, you know, podium finishers weren't on there, uh, I still feel like I should get some credit because my bold prediction was Lando would be on the podium and he wasn't, he wasn't, was not far off, was not far off. I was thinking of that as, as I was watching it. And then there was a big window where he was sitting in P3 and I'm like, no way Sean's going to pull this off. <laughs> I was the entire time. I'm just like, he's not going to do it. I know he's not going to do it. I'm not, I don't have that much luck. Not gonna give hope. You're like, you're like me when I watch Cleveland sports. I'm like, they're not going to do it. There's no way they hold on. There's no way they win this. They're going to lose. Still finishing, lose. finishing P5. You're like, all right, I was close enough. I was close enough for a car that has not done that on merit at all this year. And then he gets bumped up one place because Carlos got 10 seconds after his uh, time afterwards. My favorite thing about that was uh, Lando being told he was driver of the day. And he was like, oh, nice. That's great. <laughs> That's cute. Must have been he's, a lot, lot of fans of papaya here because they're obviously all spraying orange for Max. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, very, very cheeky. I do have to admit that the car, maybe not Piastri, but you know the McLaren, it was punchier. This weekend, maybe it was the the track type, but you saw Lando going toe to toe with the Ferraris and the Mercedes. He was he was getting his you know elbows out there, which was fun to watch, especially if you're a McLaren fan like me. You know what else is gonna be fun to watch, Sean? Hmm. How that car looks, but we'll get to that in a second because first <laughs> we got to do podium predictions. Let's recap that real quick, Katie. Can you dive in and tell us if we hit it or if we missed? Um, let me look here. So I had Max, Charles, and George Russell miss the mark on George, but I got the first two. I feel like Max like doesn't even count, but Charles, I felt good about getting that one. Um, and my bold prediction was that Ferrari doesn't fuck anything up for once. And that covers both strategy and reliability, which. Well, now, I mean, they didn't. They They finished second and fourth. They didn't. They had a great weekend, but Carlos kind of effed up so do we give this one to katie nick i was yes, gonna ask you here, guys because i yes, wanted yes. to take like, it but i'd yeah. rather be honest about it i want because i know you meant the team like the the, the garage did. yeah the, the pit wall the pit lane uh, we, we'll, we'll give we'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one so you had a good weekend katie you Thanks. had a good weekend give yourself a pat on the back carlos by so, the way spain's new minister of defense Yes, like and, his and, battles with Checo were unbelievable. That was well, so Checo. Fun to watch. He he big brain Checo for two of the three laps that they battled. Yeah, he did. Checo did. Uh, it's not that Checo doesn't understand DRS, but he just doesn't have as quite of a firm grip on it as a guy like Max, for example, going in toward the detection zone, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get ahead. Up oh, now, I lost DRS. Up oh, now, I lose my lead." Like they were roasting him on the broadcast. Yeah. I can't believe he took him three times to figure that out. That's kind of embarrassing. I expected better from him, but you know what, Katie, I'm gonna give you the point on this. Because I got a bone to pick on behalf of Carlos. I would venture to say that he had a better performance in the same car as Charles did. I agree. And they did not let him battle Charles. They told him straight up, do not fight him. And he was on him. And he could have gotten around him. And his team said no. And he paid the price for it. And I think that's unfair. And I think Katie nailed her prediction because it's not her fault. 
that they wouldn't let him battle his teammate. I was thinking that as I was watching it, Carlos was saying, I have the pace, let me go. And he did. It just felt like he so clearly did. I, like this was one of my favorite Carlos races in a long time. He hasn't been very memorable for me yet this season. This one was for me. No. Yeah. All right, we got a lot of participants in the chat here. We have a bunch of people watching tonight, so welcome aboard to everybody. Um, Hi, friends. First, when we were talking about Florida, we got a little Florida is rough from Club Fantasy FFL, so thank you for tuning in as well. And, and yes, Sean, you can It's what we like about state. it, Club Fantasy FFL. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Yeah, you know. It's rough. Puts, put some hair on the chest. <laughs> Jesus. We don't rub some dirt on it. We rub some sand on it. <laughs> we also have some greetings from some other viewers. My guy Madden says, good evening. We say good evening to you as well and thank you for tuning in chris as well says what's going on what's, what's going, going on, on? Is we are recapping that race in austria right now so thanks everybody for tuning in even if you're not big f1 fans and you are just football fans we'll get to that later so stick around for that because we got a whole division preview coming but more on the track oh we also have this from madden real quick he says please tell me we're going to talk about slam ball coming back this week well stick around for hater to love it at the end you might just get that covered but that yeah, is what we call a tease in the biz. That's <laughs> a tease. That's yes. coming, up next. coming up at 11, even though it's past 11 on the East Coast here. Uh, uh, more podium predictions. Katie, how did Sean do? So, Sean, yours was Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Lando Norris. Lando, and then bold prediction was what? Lando on a podium isn't bold enough for you, which I love. It's pretty bold. Pretty bold. Um, yeah, Lewis... No, Lando, like he was up there. Max, like I said, I don't even want to give any of us a point for that. It just feels unfair. <laughs> but all around, like pretty good. I I, I don't want to give too much credit or put too much more faith in this Mercedes team because they continue to like dominate one weekend and then they like just fall way back. I'm just like, what what are they doing? I, I can't put my trust in them week in and week out like I can with some other teams. Um, and for a while, that was Fernando, and now even he has fallen back a little bit. It seems like everyone is caught up to, to them just a yeah. little bit there at Aston Martin. So I'll give myself out half credit on it. I'm not, I'm not too mad about how the weekend uh, played out, mostly because Lando finished top four. And then Katie, or uh, no, I should say Nick, I mean, you had Max Verstappen. Hey, we all guessed the winner correctly. Who would have thought? Look at that. Look at that. Three wheel right here. <laughs> Nick had Max, then Lewis, then Fernando. Uh, I was so got one of three. And then his bold prediction was spot on. Checo struggles in the rain, failing to reach Q3 once again. No. Com he called an audible well, on the podcast. Remember? I both. You did know. Okay, I wasn't done reading, but thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Checo did struggle in the rain. He got Give his laptop deleted in Q2, that so he didn't count. get to Q3. Why does that count? Because he called an audible and he said, no, actually, I'm changing it. Katie, don't you like double cheeseburgers? Come on. It's, there's yeah, two man, I'm, I'm, thing, I'm, letting, right? I'm letting Nick double dip here. That's fine. Right. And then he said Haas makes it into Q3 for two races in a row, which they did. So, I mean, kudos to Nick. Katie got two podium places right, but Nick got two bold predictions right. <laughs> okay, fine. It's a I tie. respect it. It's a tie. I'm still right, fighting it a little great. bit. I don't know if it should count, but I will allow it. Uh, we have one more comment, and Sean, um, I had this answer in my head, but I forget because you changed cars a while ago. But despite the fact that you're wearing a Mercedes hat, Big B wants to know what's your everyday car. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, it, it <laughs> it's not a McLaren or a Mercedes, <laughs> uh, as the great late Mac Miller once said. 
I ain't got a Benz. I got just a Honda. That's there great. You go. There's your answer, Big B. Welcome to the show. I didn't know what either of you drove until this. That's a funny thing about friendship, not living in the same place. Yeah. Nick, what do you drive? Uh, I'd like you to guess, but I don't think you're going to get it. No, just I never would. Um, I drive a Toyota Tacoma. What about you, Katie, since we're on the topic? I drive a Volkswagen a, Taos. It's like a little SUV. I thought it was going to be a, yeah. a polar bear or a moose. <laughs> I like Just the in the springtime. A moose. A moose. <laughs> Yeah, we ride around on moose. Up on a moose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the next topic that we teased there a minute ago. Welcome to Liveryland. This is where we check out the new paint schemes, and we got two new ones coming up for Silverstone. Do we lead with the better of the two, Sean? I mean, you're a little biased here, but we're going to stick with it anyway. I mean, let's put the silver in Silverstone, Nick, because oh. the chrome is back for McLaren. I think it's clean. I think it's mean. I love how they actually put the word Chrome on the side of the car because Google is their sponsor. Um, yeah, man, I like this livery. Are we putting up a picture of it? Well, they have a video, and if I put a video up, they'll DMCA me, but I think I see one photo that has part of the car. Yeah, so uh, no, never mind. I, I'm going to continue to search for it, but if you could describe it verbally it's basically basically from like the late 90s up until the uh early 20 aughts uh mclaren had a silver chrome car with kind of these burnt orange you know red accents around it they won three world titles with that paint scheme and if you are a millennial you know and you grew up watching f1 that is the car you saw dominate next to the Ferraris. That is the car you saw Mika Hakkinen win two world titles in. That's the car you saw um, Lewis Hamilton win his first world title in. And they did a good job of kind of recreating it, but keeping to their current color scheme of the papaya orange. They didn't bring back the burnt red. Lando Norris has always said, you know, that was his favorite color, McLaren. He always loved those late 90s Mika Hakkinen, you know, uh, early 2010s Lewis Hamilton cars. And so it's kind of cool to see him driving this. I, I'm i open about this. I hate McLaren's current paint scheme. I hate the light blue and every. I don't like it. I love this so much more. This is the second one-off livery McLaren has come w- with this year. And it's still better than their, you know, normal day-to-day paint job. Uh, I say keep this. This is mm-hmm. clean, man. I this do is too. Good. You know, I'm. I'm. Let's ditch the blue. The golf thing was cool, but this is better. This is better. This blends the past and the present. It it gives you a, an air of when they were good, like you said. I'm a big fan. Big fan. In the words of the wise prophet Paris Hilton, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, do you never it in know voice? what Katie's going to bring to the podcast, folks. <laughs> Do it in her voice. That's hot. <laughs> we can probably, we can probably that. get sued for that. But that's okay. Yeah, please put her name. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, let's go to the other one here real quick. If I can find it. Uh, Williams also revealing a new livery uh, for Silverstone because that is what is considered to be their home race, correct? Correct. And it's mm-hmm. their 800th Grand Prix as a team. So that's kind of what they're celebrating. It's cool that it falls on Silverstone as well. Um, I'm starting to like Silverstone more because it seems like that's like the birthplace of the sport. Not necessarily Monaco, but you know, like this is a British sport. Seven of the 10 teams are headquartered in England. So it's kind of 
cool to see, you know, the fans that live in and around where these teams are located, just kind of celebrate them. And uh, Williams kind of encapsulated that with uh, probably the most recognizable flag in the world, the Union Jack on the back half of their car. That's clean. It looks, it, I like it. I do. It's cool. It, it is cool. It, it's it's sad that it's going to be on like the last place car, but like it, it looks Whoa. great. Whoa. It looks great. Sean. Yeah. I mean, Getting what, you only faith in Alex Albon? What? <laughs> no? No, you don't believe Albon's going <laughs> to... Well, no, 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 no. We'll get to my predictions in a minute, Nick. Fine. I don't want to I don't want to give too much away. But no, I think it looks clean, don't you? They got the, oh, kind of yeah. the white-walled tires, too. It's awesome. Last place car. I, I take offense. He's been driving his tail off. That looks one. so good. It does. It does. It really does. Let's keep that one, too. Oh, I yep. bet you a lot of teams, a lot of teams are probably like, Damn it, I wish we would have thought of that. Like Aston Martin, Mercedes, like, damn it, we should have put the Union Jack. We could do that. I didn't know we could do that. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder what they had to go through <laughs> to get that. Like, yeah, we're not going to include the red. It's just going to be white, you know? Just let it slide, let it slide. Uh, we have some uh, flattery here for Sean, uh, who, by the way, when he started his new job in Tampa, his welcome message was, welcome pipes. And I ah. said... I saw it and I said, are they talking about your arms? Like, you know, you got some muscle, but I don't know if it's worth being called pipes. And he goes, no, dude, they're talking about my voice. <laughs> so we have this here from Sing for the Day. My, my buddy Chris and around the NFL podcast listener says, I wish my voice was half as cool and deep as Sean's laughing my ass off. Don't and we all do. Me. We all do. Sean didn't Thank even do you. anything to get that voice. He just, that's just what no. And you, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I just came out of the womb talking like this. Goo goo ga ga. Let's go. <laughs> I'm glad Katie's never heard that joke before. That was a genuine reaction there. I've repeated it so many times. <laughs> he also had a request. As saying, Sean got me. <laughs> I'm going to need Sean to do my voicemail message. Ever since I was a little boy, I either figured you get busy talking or you get busy dying. <laughs> All right, uh, we've moved on from deliveries. We talked about the Toto and Lewis thing, so we'll move past that. You you said you like Silverstone, Sean, right? So Mm -hmm. let's scout it, huh? What do we got on deck here this weekend? What do we got on deck? Like, what do you yeah, mean? What's the? What do you mean what do we got on deck? What, 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 uh, what I heard was the weather might be a little sketchy. It's England. That's all it does there. It rains all the time. We go live to our meteorologist in Canada, Katie Caldwell. Okay, so we are looking at a dry practice Friday, and it is not a sprint weekend, so we are back to FP1, FP2 on Friday. Saturday, it's getting a little spicy, a little bit of rain in the air, a little bit of wind, potentially some thunderstorms. And then Sunday, we could be in for a wet race. Wet quality, Mm. wet race, a little mixed conditions. I think I think it's going to be a ten, and Silverstone is my favorite race of the year, so I am like the most hmm. excited I could be. Is it your favorite? It's your favorite. Your it's favorite, my favorite is track. It your favorite track. Favorite track. Okay, your favorite track. Yeah, I just think it produces a banger. Like most of the time, like I'm in the process of watching a bunch of old races back, and I've talked about this before. But every race week, I go back and I watch the race from the year before at that track, and I'm like still pretty nervous to go back and watch this one. Like, I know that we've all seen the Joe crash, especially on Drive Survive, like, again and again and again. I think it made into, like, five episodes. It's like, oh, let me watch that again. 
But I haven't watched the full race again, and I'm nervous to do it because I just remember watching it live and like that anxiety that everybody was feeling before we knew he was out of the car. We've had a couple of good, really good races in a row at Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to that 2021 race, the 2020 race yeah. as well was really good. Yeah, Silverstone's been a, a really good uh, try. It, it, it always is. My personal favorite is Coda. Mm. I like Austin. I think that I think that's the best track on the calendar. It's up it there also for me too. A great. It, it's it's awesome. Um, what do you say we get into some predictions though? Yeah. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. And by the way, another compliment for you, Sean. This one from Madden. He says, nice Shawshank reference, Sean. Thank you. I try to bring the pop references in whenever I can, even if no one, you know, you know what? That was actually one of my, uh, one of my, I had a uh, annual critique at work. And one of the critiques was, you're a funny guy, but, you know, try not to make the jokes too, like, in depth so people don't have to think too hard. <laughs> Like, but that's part of the fun because, like, only like ten people are going to understand what I said, and then you're like, "Aha! I get what I get. I get that. That that was that was for us. That joke was for us. Sean, redemption. It's funny because it's true. Uh, thank you. Um, all right. I'm going to be, uh, selfish and go with my predictions here first. Uh, I'm saying, uh, on the top step, copy, paste, repeat. Max Verstappen. Oh, hum. Uh, number two, I think Checo Perez finally has a good weekend and we can put all this nonsense about he can't get into Q3 anymore. He's not on the podium anymore, even though he finished on the podium in Austria behind us. So I'm going Red Bull 1-2. And then I think this is the return of Fernando Alonso. I think things are going to kind of go back to normal a little bit here. So I'm putting Fernando on the third step. My bold prediction, though, Nick, can you can you cue up an eagle screech sound for me? No. We've got an eagle wrong. screech. Do we get do we get any kind of go. like big John Philip Sousa band? Logan Sargent, the American, is going to score his first points in F one. USA. A couple weeks ago. USA. <laughs> couple weeks ago on the on the, uh, on the uh, Beyond the Grid podcast with Tom Clarkson, he was asked, "Which race will we really see him shine? Where will we see this Williams car shine?" And Logan Sargent, without hesitation, said. It's going to be Silverstone. We're bringing upgrades for Silverstone. I know the track at Silverstone. I think we're going to be very good at Silverstone, meaning the Williams car in general. So I am saying, Nick, don't type out your prediction now. I can see you typing your prediction. It should have been <laughs> in there why, hours ago. Why do you have the dock up? Right yeah, I'm now, outing you. Yeah, I'm outing you to our look, to our Look at Katie right when you're talking. I'm just kidding. A little peek behind the curtain here, folks. Yeah. Inside <laughs> baseball. <laughs> So I think Logan Sargent is going to find his way into finishing in the points. And I mean, he had a pretty good race in Austria. He, he, was, he was pretty decent. Um, all things considered with how his season has gone, pretty, pretty down. But yeah, the American kid going to score some points. Let's go. What? USA. 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 He won Katie. the F2 race la- there last year. So no. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Katie, what about you? Okay. I'm going to start at P3. I changed it very last minute. I did have George Russell, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think Charles Leclerc, back-to-back weeks on the podium. Ooh. P2, Checo Perez. P1, my friends, Lewis Hamilton. Oh. Whoa. Bam. Shoot or shoot. I mean, if there's a tra- – we've heard it a million times – Max and Red Bull can't win every single race, can they? Well, it looks like maybe, yeah, they can. But if there's a track that can, that it can happen, if there's a driver that can do it, 
I think it's going to be Lewis. And my bold prediction is it's Max's first DNF of the season. Brackets. This is me manifesting. Let me live. Okay, but is it coming but- <laughs> via racing is- racing incident? I don't have to specify that. I don't know if it's going to be a racing incident or if I, I hadn't thought that far. You don't have to specify? It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter. She just <laughs> said DNF. I'm just saying his first DNF. There are so many amendments in the Constitution of the United States. I can only choose one, and I choose fifth. One, two, three, four, fifth. That's Katie. She's pulling the Fifth Amendment right there. <laughs> but Chappelle show is that Hamilton? Sean. No, it's Chappelle show. Come on, Sean. Yeah. If you're out to make references that people get, you better know Chappelle. I show. thought I thought I thought you were speaking in iambic pentameter. I thought that was Hamilton. Sorry. <laughs> iambic pentameter. Sorry that I'm cultured, Nick. I haven't heard that since music class in middle school. So thank you, Sean, for making you're me welcome. remember things. It didn't that have I to do forgot. with Hamilton, though. Lewis hasn't won a race in 577 yeah. days. Saudi Arabia wow. in 2021. Although, in my heart of hearts, I believe it should actually be 570 days. And he should have eight championships, but I digress. Five seven. We're never going to let that go. I know. We're never I letting never that go. We're not. No, <laughs> we will never, we will never let that go. We're never letting that go. I don't go. know how there's not like multiple documentaries on how like he was you know robbed of an eighth world title. Anyway, we digress. Well, Netflix Nick, has your to predictions? catch up. Netflix has to catch up. My predictions are going to get a little off the wall, even though you can see them, Sean. First off, Max Verstappen God. wins. Um, I mean, six in a row. I, there's just nobody better on, on the track right now on the grid. Um, best car, best driver. That's what we got. Coming in second, Sean, that chrome livery is going to deliver a podium mm. with more upgrades. You get a track limits penalty. You get a track limits penalty. And McLaren gets back-to-back weeks of upgrades. And instead of P5, which was really P4, kind of actually the opposite, it's P2 for Lando Norris, baby. Let's go. I was Let's so hoping go. you were going to say Oscar Piastri. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not that crazy. Come on, we have to operate I, in the realm of realism here. I love it, actually. Uh, you know, some crazy things are going to have to happen, but I like it, Nick. Thank you. And because I ride the Fernando Alonso train, even if Tainando never became a thing, uh, Fernando comes in third. My bold prediction, however, I'm not going Checo because if you go back to the sprint race, what was it last year or two years ago? Even then he struggled at Silverstone. I don't have the confidence in him right now, even though he fought through the field to get a solid finish in Austria last week. My bold prediction has nothing to do with him. George Russell, one of the favorite sons of England, doesn't make it to the end. I think we found in the past that if he finds himself in a little bit of traffic, it it ends up being a little treacherous. And I'm just not very confident in that Mercedes right now, quite frankly. This track is better suited for that than Austria was. But something tells me the strides that they made have not been nearly as significant in recent weeks. Don't have confidence in him or Lewis right now. Don't think they end up on the podium. And I don't think George sees the end of the race. I'll tell you what, Nick. I do like the uh, Lando to second place prediction just because if it is a wet weekend, Lando is very good in the wet. We saw what he could do in the wet in Austria. Um, if there's wet qualifying, if it's a wet race, yeah, it might fit into him. Uh, they might, don't have might, to might, ask might, him might for stop. his tire change opinion. Right. Yeah. Let's not. All right, Nick. We don't need to. We don't need to bring that up. Why'd you got to right, say that? Right, Why'd you got to bring right. up Sochi? God. Um, <laughs> well, they don't race there anymore, so why not? <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for our F1 talk, which means, guys, it's time for what is arguably the everybody's favorite segment of the show. It is one of the newest segments of the show. It is a segment that everybody has come to know 
as... Do you even, do you even know? know? That was great timing. That was. We nailed that. That was fantastic we didn't even that. Nick, would you like to know what we're quizzing you about today? By the way, if this is your first time watching two of us, you quiz the third host, of which they know nothing about the topic that we are about to quiz them on. It's a complete guess game, but it does have to do with sports. Even though last week I was kind of railroaded and it turned into like some weird Pennsylvania geography quiz, which, whatever, but we're going to stick to sports. Railroaded. <laughs> which, Railroad. whatever. Railroaded. Whatever. I still got whatever. two or four right. I still did pretty dang good. Nick, because Wimbledon, and I said that right, Katie, right? Wimbledon? Yes. Well, I know a lot of people say like Wimbledon. It's like there's a, it's Wimbledon, D-O-N. I've never said Wimbledon going on. my entire life. Who are you? What are Wimbledon. people saying in Florida? I am Florida. Man. I don't, uh, lots of things. That's <laughs> why like people don't come here anymore. I am Florida man. Wimbledon. Florida man. Nick is going on over in jolly old England. I am Florida man. I am Florida man. I am Florida man. <laughs> so we're going to quiz you on, on, on tennis. Katie, you want to go first? <laughs> I want to keep hearing that drop first. Okay. Aren't you glad that I have control of the buttons and not you? I'm so happy. <laughs> okay, Nick, I'm going to start you off with a softball here. This one's easy. What is the nickname? First of all, do you even know? What is the nickname of the number two court at Wimbledon? I don't know. Oh, I thought this was an easy one. So the number two court at Wimbledon earned the nickname Graveyard of Champions because so many top-seeded players have been eliminated there by lower-ranked opponents. Well, we're off to a terrible start here, folks. But judging by that exchange, we're going to go 0 for 3 here tonight. Let's move on to question He's not even trying. He's just like, ah, I don't know. All right, Nick. Question number two. Do you even know? In what famous venue Billy Jean like King beat I'm sorry, Bobby I Riggs? You. I have to interrupt you because that sounded like some like bro from the late 90s who wore a puka shell ne- necklace and he's at a frat party. He's like, do you even know anyone bro. here, bro? Bro. Bro, do you, you, do you need like to... three brothers to get in. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> one second, one second. <clears throat> Nick, do you even know? There we go. In what famous venue Billy Jean King beat Bobby Riggs in the first Battle of the Sexes? What was the name of that stadium and or venue and or arena called? Oh, um, wasn't it in the Astrodome? It was in the Astrodome. Yeah! Ding, ding, Woo! ding. We Woo! got one. I got one right. We got one. Well, great. Hell yeah. <laughs> Imagine filling the Astrodome to watch tennis. God. Ah, yeah. All that right. There we go. One for two. Okay. Final one here, Nick. Do you even know? Gertrude Moran, Moran, a feminist icon, I shall add, shocked the world by wearing what article of clothing at Wimbledon in 1949? Um, she wore shorts. No. She wore a tank top. No. She didn't wear a skirt. No. I don't know. It's even spicier than that. Gorgeous Gussie, her nickname, shocked the tennis world in 1949 when she wore lace-trimmed panties under her skirt at Wimbledon. Whoa! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fellas who just came back from World War II, do we have a show for you this weekend in Wimbledon? (laughs) Ted Tinling, a former tennis player who designed the risque outfit, was accused of introducing sin and vulgarity into tennis. Things we love to see. 
Yeah, her lace panties were the lie. front page news worldwide, and Wimbledon in 1949 is now one of the most talked about tennis events in history because of some lace panties. Because of some pearl clutching. Oh, what oh. the children think? Won't someone think of the children? I'm not going to lie. I thought Katie froze on that one, and now I'm understanding that I froze because Nick's was still Nick was still moving. So what did she wear? <laughs> what what I miss I missed the whole I missed the whole technical difficulty. I can't believe we have to go over this again. She was wearing lace trim panties, Sean. They were risque and sexy and introduced sin and vulgarity into tennis. Now you're all caught up. Hell yeah, that's the tennis I wanna watch. Hell yeah, brother. I am stuff in the burlesque shows. <laughs> this is a cultured sport. We play on lawn. This is lawn. She's tennis. showing her ankles. God forbid. Oh, what a hot scene. All right. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears now, Nick. And we're running up on 45 minutes. So you think we can get the NFL talk done in a half hour? Oh, oh absolutely. Let's do it. Let's I roll, think, baby. Let's roll. All right, training camp preview. It's our third week of training camp previews where we do a division each week and we guess the over-under wins for each team in that division. Two weeks ago, we uh, got the NFC South. Uh, last week, we were joined by uh, Fox Sports correspondent Carmen Vitale, who broke down the NFC North. So if you haven't checked that out, Go watch that. Go listen to that podcast. She was awesome. Uh, and this week, we are hitting up the NFC East to round up three of four NFC divisions. Who do you want to start with, guys? You want to start with the reigning champs? Yeah. All right. Let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Funny story. I was doing a Phillies uh, highlights last night because they're playing the Rays down here in Tampa Bay, and I called the Phillies the Eagles. My bad. All right, so the Eagles, the defending NFC champs, they are starting off the season on the road at New England, then at home against Minnesota, down here in Tampa Bay on September 25th, then in Washington. Then they got a two-week road trip to L.A. to face the Rams. Then they're taking on the Jets uh at home against miami on the road against washington at home against dallas on sunday november 5th followed by a bye week then woof how is this for two games you get dallas on november 5th two weeks later on the 20th you get the defending kansas or the defending super bowl champs we get a super bowl rematch here the chiefs and eagles in Arrowhead, uh, then uh, at home against Buffalo, at home against San Francisco, on the road against Dallas, Seattle, uh, home against the Giants, at home against the Cards, and then finishing off the season at the Meadowlands, taking on the Giants on the road. Uh, not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination for the defending NFC champions, but this is still a really stacked team, a really good team, and I have them guys at 11 and a half. So over under. Let's start with you, Katie. I think that is the perfect line from the Sean Sportsbook. Well done. Pop his ego up. Um, I have them at 12 and 5. I think 11 and a half is perfect. The NFC East hasn't had a repeat champion since 2004, and I think this is the year it happens. I, I like wouldn't be shocked. I like the stats. We're bringing the stats. I wouldn't be shocked to see them back in the Super Bowl. I think a lot of people feel the same way. Even with them losing both coordinators and several like big-time starters in free agency, I'm just not worried about them. Howie Roseman is an absolute master in how he's filled it all out. Yeah, they've got a lot of new young guys, but they have so much depth that there's not necessarily a ton of pressure on everyone. We've talked about it before. I love their draft. I just don't see a lot of true weaknesses on their team. 
obviously you don't know what can happen with injuries. And like you said, Sean, it is a tough schedule, but I see at least 12 wins. They are, they, they are so stacked. uh, And I completely agree with you, Nick, what do you think? All right. So I'm, I'm torn. And, and the reason I'm torn is it's really hard to get back. It's, unless you're the chiefs and even the chiefs have proven it's really difficult to get back to the super bowl to get back to a place of such an elite status so many things have to go right you have to stay healthy everything's kind of have to kind of has to break your way right you got to get a few lucky bounces here you get your blowout wins you get your dominant wins sometimes talent just prevails but you got to get brock purdy's got to get hurt in the nfc title game so you can run away with it for example like things like that have to happen. That's why these runs to the Super Bowl are so magical. But this team's built pretty, pretty well. They drafted really well. They got not one, but two good defensive tackles from Georgia. The best two to come out of Georgia in the last two years are both on this roster. You think that they're going to miss Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph? Probably not because they got younger guys ready to rotate in and out of there as they do so often. Yeah, they had some losses on defense. They lost TJ Edwards. So what? They kept their secondary together. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, they're back. Yeah, they lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They'll be all right with the guys they replaced him with as well. And most importantly, they got Jalen Hurts. They got A.J. Brown. They got Devontae Smith. They got Dallas Goddard. They got Jason Kelsey to stave off retirement for another year. Most of this team is intact. I think 12 wins should be pretty easy to come by. It really should. This division's going to be tough. The Giants are supposed to be punchy. The Cowboys are going to be there. They're focusing on defense now. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I agree. I don't like to call a team stacked because it's hard to stack a team like you would in the NBA with the salary cap and the roster numbers and everything else. But 12 wins should be realistic. You just won the NFC. You got to go get the division title again. It's going to take 12 or more to get there. Give me the over, baby. I was wondering when you were going to like drop that hook on us because it seemed like you were going down one path and then you just <laughs> pulled the old rope-a-dope and went down the other, Nick. Ah, I appreciate that. Just showmanship. showmanship. I uh, once again agree with you. Set the line at 11 and a half. I've got them at 13. I still think this is an incredibly good team. Uh, they showed that last year. I, I said, you know what? The Eagles, they just have – they had kind of a more – an easier schedule last year, but still playing in that division, it was always going to be tough. And I said, you know, I can still see them coming away with maybe the best record in the NFC, maybe the number one overall seed. I don't think they are the number one overall seed in the NFC, but I can still see them doing that. And they did, and then they march all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think they showed us who they really were last year, and I think they're going to do it again this year. So uh, I got them at 13 wins, and I'm going to take the over. Do you know what that's going to take if you really look at that schedule, though? They have to. It's tough. <laughs> they have to. Drill. Let, me, let, me, let me be their clear. Their first let me month, be clear. they have to run through their first month. They got to go. Five I think they're and going up. to be undefeated heading into that November 5th game at home against Dallas. They will be 7 0 when they welcome Dallas to Philadelphia. And that last that month, game will be bonkers. Like, yes. say you split Dallas and you lose in December, December 10th, week I, 14. I have, you have them to splitting run Dallas. off that last month. You have to win all those games Seattle, New York, Arizona, New York. At New York week 18. You gotta do that to get to that number. But it is very I, possible. I, I still think they do it. All right. We so have, we some, all people, got, we have uh, some people chiming in before we move on to the next sure. one. Like we have, you know, Club Fancy FFL says Eagles have the toughest schedule in the league this year. Not happy about it. 
they're feeling good though. I mean, when you come off of a Super Bowl appearance in game, you almost won. They're feeling pretty good. He has them at eleven and six. That's fair, I think, right? Okay, that's fair. I don't think any Eagles fan really is saying, you know, oh, man. Well, I mean, clearly, I'm being proven wrong here, but uh, yeah, my, no one's saying, Tony. "Hey, Tony, who is uh, a Cowboys fan." Oh, under. there it is. Okay, yeah, there <laughs> that's we go. Important context. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Let's just forget what I was about to say. Let's let's move on to Dallas. Everyone's favorite team to root against. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys, uh, who tried to ruin my boss's live shot last year during the playoff game because, you know, I guess their jean jorts were riding too high. I don't know what it was. Anyway, the Cowboys start off on the road at the Meadowlands against the Giants. Then, I mean, they might as well stay there, but, you know, why not? They come home to play the Jets. That's an interesting start to the season. On the road at Arizona, at home against New England. Then on the road at San Fran and the Chargers bye week in the seventh week of the season then they go well right back to playing an la team in the rams uh at home though this time october 29th then there's that game on the road at philadelphia november 5th uh, at home against the giants on the road to carolina at home against washington at home against seattle at home against philadelphia that's going to be an interesting three weeks for the cowboys and then you're finishing off the season uh, on the road at Buffalo, on the road at Miami, at home against Detroit, and on the road at Washington. Nick, you said it was a tough uh, final month for the Eagles. It's not going to be an easy final month and a half for the Cowboys either. Uh, I have them, though, regardless, 10 and a half. Okay. One, two. Go ahead, Katie. And, uh, you can see Nick is thinking. Yeah. Katie? I have them at 11 and six. So 10 and a half, we're still pretty bang on with the Sean Sportsbook. Like every other season, I think a lot of it is going to depend on the health of Dak Prescott. They got by quite well with Cooper Rush, better than I expected. Their offense just looks different with Dak. I'm aware of the interceptions. I'm not too, too concerned about it. Like most people, I'm really curious to see what it's going to look like with Mike McCarthy as a play caller. He happens to be one of my favorite people in the sport, so I'm cheering for him in a really big way. Oh, this is interesting. Let's open this can of worms. Keep going, Katie. About what? Mike McCarthy? Yes. So uh, my mentor, Laura Oakman, they are very, very dear friends. So he's been a really good mentor for us. And he's given me okay. a lot of his time and and all of us women in Galvanize. Like he's someone that is just, uh, I just think he's a really wonderful person. And I when I... <laughs> When I had met him in a professional setting, I'm like, oh my God, I've talked so much shit about you publicly. <laughs> then you meet someone and you're like, oh no, I love you now. <laughs> I know. You, uh, that happens. Mike, do you know that how much happens. shit I've talked about to you? Actually, it's this bad. is this is topical. Um, and we get a comment from Club Fantasy FFL. Mike McCarthy will find a way to sync this team once he takes over play calling, LOL. I just don't think it'll be that bad. I don't think it'll be that much of a drop off with it um but back to the cowboys i love the addition of brandon cooks and stefan gilmore i think their roster looks really complete but i don't need to tell cowboys fans this that they have a tendency to kind of get in their own way and the schedule just, isn't necessarily mm, helping them with that either like they they have a tendency to sorry you good chuck <laughs> do you need do you need the heimlich Sean? I think he's joking. Sorry, I was just. Uh, sorry, I was just. Uh, oh, sorry. I was. Just, I was just imitating the Cowboys in the playoffs. That made me so uncomfortable to watch. You thought he actually was joking, <laughs> yeah, didn't you? I did. And then I put it together halfway, and I'm like, "Do we need to call a medic?" Uh, that is. It's cold. Right it's really graphic. 
That that <laughs> is shtick. <laughs> Madden chimes in, says Cowboys gonna stink it up per usual. Then when the Cowboys fan in here says Tony Pollard's gonna run for thirteen hundred. Uh, I'm a fan over. of Tony Pollard, but I think that's a little rich for my liking. Club Fantasy FFL enjoying Sean's choking. That was kind of that was <laughs> a little you. too guttural for me. Kind of really like if, if yeah, if I like had a gag reaction to beat somebody else throwing up or gagging, I that might have elicited a you know. I we don't even want to make it too over the top. We found out today that I did over the top where I'm just like holding my throat going eh, eh, because you know I mean. That's too on the money. That's too. It's too literal. I need to add some. You know, you guys thought I was actually choking. Uh, welcome to the actors' workshop with Sean Barry. Today we're going to tackle method acting and really diving into your role. This episode brought to you by Whitman's Biscuits. All right, um, Katie had the, the over. Nick, what do you got? What was the line? Uh, ten and a half. Mm. I had over. With I'm going to go. I'm going to go over with eleven. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, we're going to get to these totals where it's going to be really hard to actually get to these totals. Like the Giants and Commanders are going to have to take the brunt of these two teams. Although the Giants I, didn't get to the playoffs last year, you know, despite the Cowboys and Eagles both winning double digit games. But um, I don't think they got any worse. I think they got better offensively. Uh, they brought in somebody else alongside CeeDee Lamb, who's actually worth a damn in Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And um, Tony Pollard is the guy now. Zeke, you know, it was a nice little one, too, but Zeke was kind of weighing him down, like literally. Like he was slow and kind of heavy. So, um, and I know he's still out there. Maybe he does come back at a lower rate. Even then, I don't care. That doesn't hinge. My my take on this does not, you know, depend on Zeke. Their offensive line is pretty deep because they, like they have for many years, dealt with a number of things. Uh, Tyler Smith played really well. They were able to mix and match some different guys in there. Um, they did a good job with that, you know, even getting guys like Jason Peters involved. So, um, they're strong, and I think defensively they're strong, and they've said that this year they're focusing on defense. And the biggest thing to me, though, Katie, and the reason I brought up Mike McCarthy earlier is he's kind of – he's been on the hot seat since he showed up. Since Absolutely. Sean Payton yeah. became available, he's been on the hot seat, <laughs> whether he deserves it or not. You know, they had a sleepover, and that's what led to him partially getting the job. Um, he did obviously put a lot of effort into – getting the job, preparing himself the entire year he was out of football to return. And he's done a good job, but he's had some insulation with coordinators. Dan Quinn's done a great job. Almost, you know, got a head coaching job and decided to pull his name out and wanted to come back to the Cowboys. Um, uh, Kellen Moore was really good at offensive coordinator. And then all of a sudden they didn't see eye to eye anymore, which I thought was strange because they were pretty productive offensively. Mm -hmm. And yet they were like, nah, he's on his way. And Mike takes over. Well, now that hot seat is actually legitimate. And it's unfair, but the expectations are high. That divisional round hurdle is as big as Mount Everest in Dallas. I mean, few people have gotten to the summit, and the Cowboys haven't gotten over it in 20-some years, okay? Uh, it is the albatross around their neck. It is the monkey on Steve Young's back, as he once famously said when he won a Super Bowl without Joe Montana. And I, I think that this is the year where he has to prove himself. If it goes bad, it could be significant change. As crazy as that sounds, because Sean Payton's no longer available. But this is Jerry Jones we're talking about. An older Jerry Jones, a little more tame Jerry Jones, but still Jerry Jones. So it's going to be fascinating to see how is he going to handle the opportunity that he gave himself by getting rid of his offensive coordinator. Is he going to live up to the expectation, or is 
as it kind of was in Green Bay, his offensive approach a little outdated. That is where the Cowboys season is determined, in my opinion. What does Mike McCarthy do as a play caller? Because we already know he struggles with clock management. I hate to say it because yes. I know you know he's he's a great mentor and, and source for you. Not source, but a source of help or guidance for you, Katie. But it's true. He has not managed the clock well. He's notorious for it. And you add in play calling, it's another responsibility. I just wonder what it'll look like. Not saying he's going to fail, but a lot is on the line this year, and it's more than just about winning a Super Bowl. And so with all of that said, I think they're over, but they're over by the skin of their teeth, and they'll be in uh, the ring. I am also going over. Uh, we're making this a really boring podcast because we're agreeing on everything. Uh, I've got the over on them because I think this division race will go down to the last couple of weeks. So I'll take the over on them as well. And we should have a fun time watching them and the Eagles duke it out for the NFC East title. Moving on to the Giants. Guys, I've got the Giants. Okay. At seven and a half. Ooh. Ooh. Any Giants fans in the chat right now? If you're if you are in here, yell at Sean. The G man. You have a reason to uh, make fun of Sean. Here, here's huh. the Giants' schedule, real quick. Um, if my screen wants to unfreeze, there we go. This is live. Uh, starting off at home against Dallas, then on the road at Arizona, on the road to San Francisco, at home against Seattle, on the road at Miami and Buffalo, at home against Washington and the Jets, on the road against Las Vegas, and then the Cowboys. And then Washington again, and then at home against New England. They've got a week 13 bye week. Yikes. And then they are at home against Green Bay on the road against New Orleans and Philly, and then finishing off the year with two home games against the Rams and the Eagles. You look at the schedule, it is tough, but I do think that you might be able to find eight wins in here. Katie, what say you? I'm going to hit the over. Nick called me an optimist last week, and I didn't realize I was going to be that optimistic in that division because their schedule is so tough. I have nine and eight. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, the Brian okay. Dayball experience has been so much fun, and they totally exceeded, I think, all of our expectations last year. Daniel Jones finally has a bit more to work with in terms of receivers, and I'm just excited to see it, like adding Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, who I think can still perform at a high level. I think Jalen uh, Hyatt could do really well in that system. And they've got a really great young defense. Their schedule is just so tough. Like three primetime games in the first month and seven of their first 11 games on the road is a really tough scene. Like luckily the NFC is so wide open that who knows what can happen, but the schedule for them is just Rough. It's, Big B it, chiming it, in saying Danny Dimes gonna shock the world, probably more so than Jordan Love, right? Big B. I hope he does. Like that would be so fun if Danny Dimes comes out and has a huge season. Could happen. Shot, shots fired. Shots, shots fired. fired across the bow. Uh, <laughs> all right, Katie's taking the over. Nick, I have a feeling you're gonna take the over too. What was it at? Seven and a half. I feel like mm. I set it too low because I do see eight wins there. Um, I think not a eight, bad team. eight and a half is probably easier to make this an easier over under choice. Um, yeah. But I'm not switching it too late. That I ship's know. already the sailed. Sean Barry Sportsbook has integrity. OK, they don't take easy money on this players, one, I think. and they have integrity. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, okay. Katie's drinking the Kool-Aid. She's drinking the Brian Dable Kool-Aid. You know, everything went well in in New York last year. Daniel Jones played so well that he got himself a nice hefty contract. And frankly, I am not a believer. And the reason is 
everything had to go well for them to go nine, seven, and one. They won some games by the skin of their teeth. They got the shocking win over the overrated Vikings in the playoffs and promptly fell on their face in Philadelphia, as most everyone expected, because even at their best, they were still kind of pretenders. Daniel Jones threw for 3,205 yards last year, 15 touchdowns and five interceptions, and got a huge contract. Why? Because the Giants were a little bit desperate. It's I hated cheaper that to contract. sign him. <laughs> it's cheaper to sign him in the short term than it is to try to work out a deal with Saquon Barkley, who is a better football player overall, but has a worse track record in terms of health. So they went with the route of keeping Daniel Jones on a $40 million a year contract without much mm-hmm. evidence other than a playoff win to back it up. The Giants hit their peak last year. Now, did they get a little bit better in the offseason? Yes. Did they outperform expectations last year? Yes, because they were cap-strapped. Dave Gilliman left them in a terrible situation, especially on the defensive side, so much that they just had to get rid of James Bradbury and say, sorry, we can't afford you. Enjoy chasing a Super Bowl with our rival. I just don't believe that all of that is going to go right again for them. Uh, Saquon could have another great year on the franchise tag if he plays. He still might hold out or hold in, as they do now, because... You can't necessarily hold out anymore. I just don't believe. I think that if the Giants or if the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to play well, one of these teams has to falter. I don't really believe in Washington either, but something about the Giants last year, they were fun to watch, but there were games where they played the commanders late in the season. And I was like, it's kind of tough to tell who was the better team here. That, you know I, how last I just week, don't think they're going to be that team this year. You know how last week when we were breaking down the NFC North with Carmen, we said, you know, the Vikings won so many one-score games last year that are they were they really as good as their record indicated? And the answer was kind of no. We, we saw that no. happen. Yeah. A resounding no. That's yeah. kind of what I'm seeing from the Giants now. And I, I completely agree with you, Nick, because a lot went right for them last year. And we're not used to a lot going right for this team, whether it's injuries, it's poor quarterback play. We're not used to the puzzle pieces coming together for the New York Giants. So for that to happen two years in a row, I mean, you only see Haley's Comet once every 70 years. So <laughs> I, I think I, I, th- I think the Giants, I'm, I'm going to take the under as well because I don't because I see eight wins, but also seven and ten isn't far out of the realm of possibility either, which it's still funny. wouldn't be a terrible season, but I'm going to take the under as well. Club Fantasy FFL chimes in and is right on the same page as Sean, at least on one half of that record. He said, I think the Giants can finish anywhere from 7-10 and 10 to 10-7. and 7. If Waller ends up being their wide receiver one, Jones should be serviceable. If my tight end's my wide receiver one, we have problems. In my <laughs> we have problems. Love Darren Waller. Love Darren Waller. But again, if you, unless his name is Travis Kelsey or Rob Gronkowski, that, that shouldn't be happening. I think they pulled the most out of Daniel Jones last year. I thought they were wrong in signing him, but it was a point where they were kind of between a rock and a hard place. And I just don't have any expectations for him. I'm not a believer. And, you know, they could prove me wrong and maybe I'll get on board then. But like all the good mojo and Brian Dable's done a hell of a job coaching. He did. But there's only so much coaching you can do to really elevate a team. I just don't feel it. I know I do think their defense is going to be interesting and could keep those some low scoring games and maybe they do win more games, but I'm not going to attach any of my reputation or anything to them right now. I'm just not, not in that division. It's just too tough. All right. Our final team. Let's not even really waste our breath on this one too much uh, because this <laughs> oh, is the sh- team that <laughs> Sean, we have a good topic on this stuff. It's got a lot of we traction. Have a good topic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, baby. It's the Washington football team commanders, the commies of D.C. Uh, 
they start off their season at home against Arizona, then on the road at Denver, at home against Buffalo, on the road against Philly, home against Chicago, road against Atlanta, road against the Giants, home against Philly, road against New England and Seattle, at home against the Giants, uh, on the road against Dallas, at home against Miami. Week 14 by week. Just make them play the whole season at that point. What the hell? <laughs> uh, December 17th on the road at the Rams, on the road then on Christmas Eve against the Giants. And then they finish out their season with a couple of home games against the Niners and the Cowboys. I've got them over under five and a half. Discuss. That's Ooh. lower than I thought. Yeah, me too. I'm That's disrespectful. Banging the over on that one. Not super yeah, confidently cool. and not by a lot. I have seven and ten. Yeah, um, looking at this schedule, I mean, they can beat Chicago, Atlanta. The Sam Howell experience is is going to is, is, Arizona is getting, you, getting you up in the morning. <laughs> Careful phrasing. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that I, <laughs> I think that realistically, the over at seven wins is not insane, but it does come down to quarterback. And I don't think the Sam Howell thing is as concrete as everybody thinks like. Yeah, Ron Rivera said he's going to start his QB1. He's already said that he could lose that job. It's not entrenched. You signed Jacoby Brissett for a reason, and that reason is probably to compete and win the starting job. Yes. Now, Jacoby did a good job with the Browns last year, but they were more talented. Um, I It's a tough situation for Ron because he's on the hot seat, whether he likes it or not. Chase Young's in a contract year. He's got to prove that he's worth, you know, any type of money because he's been hurt for most they of the last two years. They might be offloading him at some point before it, the it season. It sounds they like they him. might. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts here that I'm just not very confident in. And, and to put your stock into a guy who had one game, one good game in his one game he played as a rookie, I, I, I don't, I'm not buying it, guys. I'm just not. I know it's great no. to talk about in the offseason, but I'm not buying it. Their last place, they win six or seven games. I'll, I'll take the slight over just because that's so low. And, and that's that. And they're probably getting a new coach and a new quarterback. If everything goes right for them, I could see there's a world in which they win 10 games. I don't think they will. Everything would have to fall right, which very rarely does in the NFL. I think they're set up to run the ball pretty well. Their defense really started to put it together, especially in the second half of last season. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see Eric Bieniemy with this offense. Like They have players. It's not necessarily the sexiest roster when you look at it, but they also don't have a ton of holes. My hesitation is Sam Howell doesn't excite me that much. He's largely unproven, but like you said, Nick, I love that they have Jacoby Brissett in the building. I wish they would have made a bigger splash at quarterback because I think then you look at that team in a different light. But like I was looking at their depth chart this morning and it it's not as bad as I thought. It's no, just not super playmakers. exciting. They have good receivers. Like mm-hmm. they, Terry McLaurin, uh, 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 Jahan, Dotson, Jahan Dotson, I think is going to have a great second year in They're the NFL. They're running too. Yeah, they, they have talent. It's just they don't have the quarterback. And in this league, you have to have the quarterback and I, and Eric Bieniemy is going to get a prove it year right away. He's going to can you maximize either of these quarterbacks? Yes. I mean, if you can, you win seven or eight games. I don't. I, everything has got to go right to win ten games, and that's why I'm just like, no, I, it's it's just not there. And, and we get a chime in before Sean gives his input here. Club Fantasy FFL again says the Commanders do have a damn good defense, and the offense has some playmakers. It's playmakers. It's all on Sam Howell to show up if he wins the job. <laughs> like, it's not guaranteed. Could be folks. Jake Brisket, baby. Buckle up. Slice <laughs> me off a piece of that Jake Brisket. All right, Sean. Let me say this into the mic clearly. Check one, two. I'm taking the under. 
I've got no faith in the Commanders. I think this is the last year for Ron Rivera. Uh, I don't think Sam Howell is it. And I don't see six wins. I'm taking the under. Prove it to me, Washington. Love it. Firmly taking the under. And clipped and shared on Twitter. All right. That (laughs) wraps up the (laughs) NFC East preview. Um, Do we want to do a little uh, division finish here in order? Like, who do we see winning the division? Second, third, fourth? I mean, I think we're all in agreement. I, I think this one's probably the easiest one we've done so far. Of all the divisions. Eagles win it. Yeah, Eagles win it. Cowboys finish in second. Those are both playoff teams. Giants behind, maybe fighting for a uh, a wild card spot, possibly. Uh, and then the Commanders in last place. I, I think we're all in agreement on that, right? That's what I had. Yeah. Um, okay. And and this is another good question posed here by Chris. It is, uh, is, is the NFC East this year's AFC West? Yes, but with lower expectations because last year it was like who's gonna win the dogfight of the afc west and then two teams made it out i think two teams make it out again and it's not as much of a dogfight as we anticipate so yes it is in a different way than most people might take that at face value yeah or did they mean is is this the year where the nfc east is so highly touted but then falls flat yes i think that's what we're saying but i, I think don't it think comes it's out that like highly that. touted though exactly that's like, the point yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the point not from what that's i've heard yeah, no. I mean, the Eagles are, but still. The Eagles and the Cowboys, absolutely. But... Yes, the Eagles and the Cowboys, but no one's expecting like the Giants to shock the world or anything like that. You don't have a good top, you know, one, two, three, four. Like, where's the holes in this division? Yeah. No, it's just the Eagles and Cowboys pretty much. Well, and especially with and quarterbacks. Maybe the, maybe the plucky Giants. Mm-hmm. Especially with quarterbacks with the AFC West, when you're looking at it going like, yeah, Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in this division. This is a lot different where you're going Daniel Jones and then Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett. Like, I just find the, the even the quarterback conversation is so different than the AFC West. Yep, exactly. And that's the biggest issue there. All right, time for the final segment of the day. It is hate it or love it. Katie, why don't you lead us off? With what do I hate? Of course. Guys, I hate slow walkers. Hell you yeah. live in a resort town in Canada. Hell How many people can there yeah. possibly be like walking in front of you? Enough that I am bringing it up on this podcast. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Slow walkers, close talkers, they all suck. Just all of it. But man, like, there hasn't been one notable case, but there's been enough lately where I remember walking behind, like, t- twice in one day thinking, this is it for the next podcast. This is what I'm bringing up. And I think, so I've been reflecting on it, why it angers me so deeply into the my soul I'm a very short person and like since I can remember I've had to walk really fast to just keep up with people beside me that have way longer legs. <laughs> so I'm a very fast walker and I get made fun of for it all the time like people call me a mall walker. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you're never late for a flight. Never no, no that I am quite often. She makes but... visual confirmation with her gait then goes to the bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sean, get out of my mind. But that that's if I have a layover somewhere. If I'm arriving at the airport, I'm just notoriously bad at time management. So that's why I'm often running late for flights. It was my 2023 New Year's resolution to not be late for everything. Um, so I've been working on it. But yeah, I've just, I've a, I'm a very naturally fast walker and I just get infuriated with everyone else. Uh, Chris agrees, and he says, and in inconvenient spots. After the checkout, before the receipt checker in Costco is not the place to lollygag, folks. Oh, I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. Amen to that. 
Yeah, we I, can yeah. all agree. We're all on board. Slow walkers, speed it up, people. Let's go. Get a move on. We all have places to be. This isn't the 1940s where we're all with, left with our mouths agape, our jaws on the floor because some woman in tennis wore lace panties under her skirt. The year is 1940. I was you bring that up. <laughs> Put down the Look magazine and get it moving. You know what, Katie? I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, the walking theme for my hate because uh, every night my girlfriend and I, we walk our dog and I hate uh, ignorant dog walkers. And what I mean by that Good is one. you're walking your dog along. I don't like our dog is not friendly towards other dogs. That's just the way it is. Unfortunately, he's a big sweetheart. He's just very hyper reactive around other dogs. So we try and avoid any kind of uh, brush in with other with other dogs whatsoever. But what I hate is we can always judge like, OK, that person with that dog is walking the opposite direction. So we'll walk that way. But then that person decides to just about face and do 180 for no reason whatsoever. Something in their mind was just like, you know what? I'm going to turn around and walk directly at you with my three huskies. That's a great idea. Why do people do that in, in, in the first place anyway? Like, that's a strange dog. Why, why do you want your dog to interact with this strange dog? It's like stranger danger, folks. We were taught this when we were kids. But I don't like when people just about face do a 180 and like you can't tell where they're walking as I'm trying to avoid walking in their general direction with my dog. It's a it's a personal problem, I know, but it's just something that's been eating at me lately. The audacity of them. Also, yeah. put your dogs on leashes, folks. Come on. Like yeah, this that's just Universally, we live next to a busy yes. street. It's insane that people and still pick up that. after them, you lunatics. That's who good dog etiquette. Yes, I good hate dog when people etiquette. don't have good dog walking etiquette. Yeah, you dog owners, I understand. Uh, my hate, I don't understand when I have a dog. Um, I love dogs though. My hate is when the water company will not respond to your attempts to ask them how much you owe for the water bill. Don't they want to take your money? Because they never sent you a statement in the mail. And now I wake up every day in pure fear that today is the day they turn off my water for an unpaid bill that I never received. It's been weeks. My water's still on, but for how long? Nobody knows. Truly. Right now. I love now, the delivery of this. My water could be off. Tomorrow morning, when I have to go get Bridget from the airport in the morning, my water could be off. Tomorrow night. Well, Nick, just make sure it's back on by the time I come visit next week. I'm almost out of water in this bottle. I might not have any more to fill it up. Who knows? You know that can be purchased, Answer the damn right? phone. Yeah, I was gonna say bottled water. Yeah, that requires effort. Wait, I'm you two are the hanging out next week without me? No, this is news to me. What the hell? I've literally told you this for like the last couple of weeks, last you couple of months, that I will be in town on the 14th. You know, Sean, you timed it up perfectly because I'm off work next week. So that's perfect. Stellar. Very scheduled Friday night. I can't log in online, Chris. Uh, he says in a comment here um, because I don't have my damn account number because they never gave it to me. Yes, he just yeah. entered a new problem. Place. It's either that or I'm getting free water. One of the two, you know, whatever. All right, Katie, what's your love? <laughs> I still can't believe you guys are hanging out without me. Um, I mean, you're welcome to come here. Yes. Come on down. Okay, I'll see you guys soon. Got your passport. Um, my love is I'm heading to Montreal for a cheeky little trip in a few weeks. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. I haven't taken a trip that wasn't for work in like years. So my best friend and her husband and I are going uh, for Just for Laughs. And we're going to 
eat a bunch Ooh, of poutine and a bunch of bagels mm, and bagels. bagels bagels and bagels i love montreal i've been there twice and it was such a tease because it was only for one night and it was like quick go out and party go to only one or two places like i'm it, it's only going to be for three nights but it's still like long enough that i feel like my best friend and i've been talking about this trip for like 10 years we're finally oh, doing wow. it. Yeah, you know what they yeah. say about Montreal. Two days is perfect. Three days, just too much. <laughs> All right. All right, Vegas. <laughs> yeah. This is in Las Vegas. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I've always wanted to go to Montreal. Um, it's gorgeous. And the food is I know, amazing. I know. And the I nightlife is great. Everything about it is wonderful. But I'll report back on the pod the parts that I'm allowed to share publicly. Oh, hell yeah. Ooh. And we get all the nitty gritty details your off the pod. Do you, can you speak French? Je parle un petit peu de français. Whoa. So, un petit peu. Okay. <laughs> I'm learning Spanish right now, so we don't want to go too far because I'll start speaking Spanish. I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp thing? <laughs> um, all right. I guess I don't I don't have a love. My love is I'm going to see Nick next week. Yay! So that's awesome. That he and he just found out about it. What a surprise! I love that Nick found that out live. I love that's. I I'm know. changing my love. I was wondering. I was like, he remembers, right? Nope, nope, he doesn't remember. Uh, that's that's big though for you. Yeah. No. Uh, um, a lot of things going on over here. Well, I love that I get to see you next week, Sean, and I also we're love both that copping out here at this point, <laughs> adapting on the Bridget, fly, people. <laughs> well, I also love that Bridget's coming home tomorrow because she's been gone for a week. Um, that's all I got for loves. I don't know. Um, I did not prepare entirely. I usually make a note of my phone, but I can't recall in the last five days in which I stopped and was like, "I love this." So it'll be good to see you, Sean. It's been a while. How long has it been? It's been some time. Uh, it has been some time. Um, geez, when was the last time we hung out? I don't think it was Miami, but it, I don't know. It might have been. Wait, you said you're in town on the 14th? Yeah. Oh boy, we gotta hang out that night because I got bad news for you, buddy. I'm going out of town the next day. <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's, that, that was the night I was told. That was the night. That's Friday, right? Yes. Is the fourteenth a Friday? Uh oh. Yes. When are you getting in on that Friday? We can do this off. The I'm podcast. getting. I'm, I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting in on Thursday. Do you want yes, to share your flight details with the listeners? Sean will be yes. taking United so, Flight seventeen sixty four. Frontier flights number. Yes, I'm poor. <laughs> I Actually, love this. One podcast. of the more expensive options. That's all right, all this has been episode eight of the Gridiron Podcast. Thanks for staying up late with us, even though it, you're probably not listening to it when it's late, but it's 1 a.m. for us. So Nick's got to get busy editing and posting. Uh, this has been episode eight, like I said, for Katie and Nick. I'm Sean Barry, and as always, keep life in the fast lane. That was kind of what you usually say, but we'll go with that. Sort of. Oh, yeah. one All quick right. note, one quick note. Hey, if you want to pull out your phone right no, now. No, that was the end of oh. it. No, no, let's keep going. This is important. If you want to pull out your phone right now, Open your Spotify app or whichever app you listen to your podcast on. Give us a little five star. Good karma will be coming away. This is what is called a call to action. Uncle Sam wants you for U.S. Army. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. We'll see you next time.